What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. We're back. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. We have Jenna here, less than two weeks postpartum, and baby Dylan is such like a little smush. And I just want to preface this episode by just saying everything that comes out of my mouth today, I want everyone to take with a grain of salt because I'm only 12 days postpartum and I know how much things can change. For sure. And I was like, my mom reminded me yesterday, she was like, you said you weren't going to read any blogs because I was like, I feel so good today. But like the blogs say it doesn't really hit you until two weeks. And she was like, stop fucking reading. Blogs. Shut the sh- phone down. Shut the shit out. Like we're not and doing that right, again. Right. We're not doing that again. And I really think that that has, that has helped me so much to remind myself of that. But like, you know, every single day is new. Like today, he puked all over me after a breast milk bottle and that's never happened before. So like something I ate two days ago, he didn't like. <laughs> or maybe it was just a little too much for his belly and he was like, ah, I'm letting that out. Sorry. Well, intuitive eater. Yeah. So little dinosaurs moving his head. Sorry, buddy. I'm going to talk. Okay. I know. Anyway, oh, I just heard a baby cue. Oh my gosh. How are your ovaries doing? <laughs> oh, you know, just, just hanging in there. I'm seeing this and I'm like, oh my gosh, this little Bubba. It's funny. There's so many things that I don't remember from Noah and that I do not remember from the perspective of I think I blocked it out and like, maybe I'll just like, this is how we'll start this episode. This pregnancy was absolutely brutal. This delivery made me realize that I have so much internal, had so much internal birth trauma from Noah that was never opened up, Mm -hmm. um, never talked about, never acknowledged, never like realized that that's what made my newborn experience with him so rough. In addition to like the first three months of his life, I don't remember. And it's because now I'm just realizing like birth trauma just like stays with you. And I think that that's why I was so scared to deliver Dylan. Um, and it's like really, it's a crazy thing. And it's crazy how different they can be. So I want to hear from you. I want to give you the floor and then we'll just 
obviously whatever you want to share, don't want to share, you already know you have total control over that. So share with us your birth story and then we'll just go off of that and talk about all the different things. I'm going to talk for as long as he'll let me. Um, (laughs) And any questions that you think would be helpful, I'm happy to answer. But like, I think when I told Noah's birth story or like my fourth trimester pod, quote unquote, I put a trigger warning on it. And this one like would be the complete opposite because listen, I think I shared so much about my pregnancy being so brutal and I was 40 weeks and three days, two days. And I started having just like cramps all day long. Like Mm -hmm. it felt like I was having like a really bad period. And I was actually texting with Delina. And I was like, do you remember like your, cause she had, we had been talking. She asked me a question about like, is today the day? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel crampy. And she was like, you're a dumbass. Like those are contractions. (laughs) She's like, do you not remember what that is? And I don't. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So like after Noah's dinner time, I started timing them because they were like a little bit closer. Um, And they were getting progressively closer. So I called my mom over and I was like, I don't, she was like, Jenna, if it's cramps, like it's not it. And I was like, okay, but like I'm past my due date. I'm calling my doctor, just come over. So she got here and she was like, why don't we just keep timing them? Like, let's see what happens. I started getting nauseous, but I was okay. Mm -hmm. I called my doctor. She's like, listen, I'm at the hospital. Come if you want to be checked. I'm like, cool. So laid back in bed at like 10 o'clock and I looked at Matt and I was like, I think I want to be checked. <laughs> like, like this. I'm not going to sleep. Like I'm not yeah, comfortable at that point. Right. Yeah. And so long story short, we got to the hospital and the day before Monday, my doctor had checked me and he did a membrane sweep and he told me that I was four centimeters and the baby was really low. We get to the hospital and the nurse in triage was like, your doctor lied to you. And I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, it was probably in good intentions, but like baby's not low enough. And you know, you're only three centimeters. And I was like, well, I'm really uncomfortable. My due date was two days ago. Like I'm going to wait to talk to my doctor. And the doctor was so kind. And it was a doctor I'd only seen once during this pregnancy. And she was the one that had told me I had marginal cord insertion. So I had really negative, like just connotation with her because she delivered just bad news that ended up being wrong. Um, And marginal cord, if anybody is diagnosed with that, just means that the placenta and the cord are, the cord's just not attached to the placenta in the right place. So there's a risk of the baby being small or delivering early. And I carried that with me for like six weeks until they did another scan and realized that that was just incorrect. Mm -hmm. So when I saw her, I was tense and I was like nervous. And she was like, listen, Jenna, if you're uncomfortable, you're past your due date, like, let's have a baby. And I was like, okay, (laughs) let's do it. Let's do it. So it's like, she said, you know, like, we'll wait, I'll check you again in an hour. And I think at that point it was like midnight. So at like one o'clock, I was still three centimeters and she was like, let's admit you, you know, let's move this along. Let's make you more comfortable. The nursing staff. So shout out to Mammoth Medical Center in Long Branch, New Jersey. The nursing staff in this hospital took the absolute best care of me. When I finally got admitted, the nurse looked at me. She's like, I want to be really honest with you. There's a person that does epidurals that's on staff now but there's a better person that does them at four o'clock in the morning. She was like, can you wait? And I was like, 
hell yes. <laughs> like that's like a huge piece of like the comfort and safety piece of your delivery. Like if there's a really good person yes. coming on, like I will wait. So she started, so we ended up being induced. She started the Pitocin at like three o'clock in the morning and I was okay. We were like in and out of sleep. And at four, the guy came in and okay. So with Noah, the birth trauma started with the epidural because the epidural shot my blood pressure down to like 20 over 40 and they had to put oxygen on me and give me ephedrine or epinephrine or whatever it was to restart my heart. So I was so like gone for like a couple mm. minutes with Noah that like I was, I had so much of that fear like in me from, for this epidural. So like we, Matt explained that story to the guy. He gave me a tiny epidural and the exact same thing happened. So you like, must have some reaction, right? Is it like, like you wouldn't know until you get the drug. Like, and we thought like maybe the first time he just gave me too much, like in that situation. Okay, so, so that's like, great. He tried less. He tried less and my body was like shaking. And I like Matt had to hold my shoulders down when they were putting the epidural in because I was having like an anxiety reaction, like shaking, mm -hmm. but he did it fine and it didn't hurt. But I, I went down, like I could feel like my eyes and I could feel like my blood pressure dropping, like now that I'm more aware, I guess, mm -hmm. of that. And they like gave me a second. Matt was freaking out. They called for oxygen. I didn't need it this time. So that was like a God. win. And he took a little bit less out and he was like shocked. He was like, you're very, like you said, you're very sensitive to this. Like we're going to monitor it. We'll add more as needed. Um, and so I think that just like the care that these people took just i just felt very safe i think is like the bottom line there um and something my pelvic floor therapist for, or personal trainer from pregnancy had said to me she has three kids shout out to megum i'm going to do all my shout outs please here. do uh, because i think that it's this is something that was invaluable that she told me during pregnancy. I think I was like 28 weeks at this point. And she said, you know, if you're going to work on your pelvic floor during pregnancy, one thing I want you to remember when you get your epidural is try to tell them that you want to be able to feel your pelvic floor muscles when you are delivering so that you can actually like give birth. Right. And with Noah, and again, like poor Noah, I'm just comparing everything to him. He turned out fine, but <laughs> with Noah, you know, I couldn't feel my legs. Like I remember Matt holding my leg and I didn't even feel his arm on me. So like when they were telling me with him to like hold my legs up and like push, like I couldn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. So that also makes a huge difference. And so with this one, you know, they gave me the epidural at four, he was born at 1030. I could feel my whole body, but I wasn't in pain. So like mm -hmm. I was able to do the things that they were asking of me. I was able to feel, I was able to maneuver. Um, and I, that made just like a huge difference. So like that pelvic floor work and like understanding how to push. Mm -hmm. I also think like for first time pregnancies or anything after, I just think that's so important. And I think it really, really made a huge difference in like the delivery outcome for us. But long story short, we were, I was just like in and out of sleep after that. And I think at like seven or eight, Matt finally went downstairs to get a green tea. 
And this like very kind woman came in. She's like, I'm going to set up your cart because like you're progressing now. Like, you know, I'm going to put all these things on here. It might look scary. You're probably not going to need it. She's like, but you know, you're getting really close. She's like watching the monitor. She's like, so if you feel anything weird, just like call me back in. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And I like fell back to sleep. And I'm like, you have a catheter in. And all of a sudden, like my IV starts beeping. It's like 830, almost nine. And Matt's not in the room and the nurse comes back. Oh, and the nurse that comes back into the room happens to be my friend from Rumble Boxing in Shrewsbury. And my nurse, Cheyenne, was like my angel at this entire experience. I would only go to boxing classes that I knew she was going to be in because I was like, if I'm going to deliver, I'm so happy she's here. Um, and like the whole time, like once I found out that she was a nurse at that hospital, I was praying she would deliver this baby. She walked in, change of shift at 7 a.m. And I cried. Like, you've got to be kidding me. She was like, I get to deliver this baby. And I was like, oh my God, like just destined for greatness. But anyways, so I called her back in and I was like, Cheyenne, I know I have a catheter in, but like I'm peeing. <laughs> like what's going oh Something's on? Something's going on. Like I feel it's warm. Like something's happening. And she like lifts up the sheet and she's like, you just delivered your membrane sack. And I was like, what's a membrane sack? <laughs> like great to know. <laughs> I like, had no idea what that was. She's like, this baby's coming in like five minutes. Where's dad? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Getting a green tea. Damn it. <laughs> at the coffee corral downstairs. So Jenna, can you tell me what did you pack in that hospital bag? So I think that I absolutely crushed it this time. You know, second time mom syndrome. I I literally packed what I thought was going to be the day that he was coming. And then he made me wait like two and a half weeks after that. But anyways, the one major, two major things that I packed in my hospital bag that I used the most were the Blissey silk eye mask and the room spray, right? So like that room spray, I had been so addicted to using like before going to bed each night at home. I've joked that like I used it because Quincy's farts get really bad at night. <laughs> but like, I also got accustomed to like how calming that scent is. So I tossed it in my bag last minute. And when I saw it in my bag um, at the, in the hospital and I sprayed it, it was just like the most calm, like, it added the most calm element to a, a cold hospital room, right? Like a very mm. non-homey hospital room and Matt laying on or sleeping on that little like chair that turns into a bed yes. and then like helped him kind of like transport to home. But that blissy silk eye mask, like at night, there's lights in the hospital, you know, there's things that you can't control, like the light in the hallways on. And who knew I was so sensitive to that? I put that over my eyes and I passed out. So that is something that will never not be in my travel bag ever again, no matter where I'm traveling to. <laughs> I love that. So we have not only the eye mask, the spray, but Blissey silk pillowcases are the best silk pillowcases on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors and they make great gifts because they're a 
is a great option for anyone. They have over 1.5 million raving fans, and you could be the next. So you can try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com forward slash WTAF and get an additional 30% off. That's blissy, B-L-I-S-S-Y dot com slash WTAF and use code WTAF to get an additional 30% off. Give yourself the gift of a good night's sleep, which we love here at What the Actual For. Wherever you are. <laughs> with Blissey. So Matt walks in and there's like 15 people in the room. But like, obviously he wasn't delivered until 1030. So like, you know, he didn't come right away, but she was like, this is crazy. Like you just did this on your own. He's coming like now. Okay. But anyways, like the part that gets like wild is the doctor that walks in and I'm super hormonal. So if I cry, just ignore me. Oh, I'll just cry right along with you. So it's fine. (laughs) The doctor that walks in is, and my practice is huge. So you have no idea who's delivering your baby, but, um, the doctor that walked in at change of shift, like at that nine o'clock time when, you know, all of this was happening was the doctor that I hadn't seen since my six week appointment where I thought I lost him. Okay. So she was the doctor that did my ultrasound at six weeks after I was bleeding and was the one that was super honest with me, looked me dead in the eyes and said, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. And I hadn't seen her since, but I remember being so grateful for her honesty for her not saying everything was going to be okay because she didn't know, Mm -hmm. but also being very warm in the way that she delivered that terrible message. When she walked into the room, I lost my mind. I was like, Dr. Reese, I haven't seen you since we thought that I wasn't going to be here. Mm -hmm. And she was like, how amazing is it that I get to deliver this baby? And was just like, like as far as like female empowerment goes, like there were two midwives, my girl, Cheyenne, Dr. Reese, um, the nurse helper who had set up the cart and the three pediatricians that they ended up calling in too, because it got a little dicey for a minute, all women and then Matt and Dylan. <laughs> but like, as far as like female empowerment goes, like it was just this room full of women and it was just like wild. So she was like, you know, do you know how to push? Like, let's get started when you feel your next contraction, whatever. So we started because they really thought he was coming like within minutes. His head is in the 97th percentile. Like the head got stuck. Okay. (laughs) Big big head got stuck. And so they had me in like all fours position where like I'm sitting on the bed, like squatting. They had me on all fours, like cat cow they had me playing tug of war with like a rope so i love that you're saying this and for first time mamas or people that might not know that when you have an epidural you can move around but you have to stay on the bed and obviously they're monitoring you and making sure that it's safe but i think there's a big misconception that if you have an epidural you're just laying on your back can't feel a thing and again because you had that control it sounds like and you could feel your body then it's safe so with noah I couldn't move at all. Exactly. With this pregnancy, they asked me, like, can you feel your legs? Can you move? They tested everything first. Yep. Um, and I spent a lot of time dilating on the peanut ball, which I hadn't mm-hmm. done with Noah either. That was amazing. 
but they asked me like, what are you comfortable with? And then she said like, you know, we're going to monitor the baby knowing that Noah, whenever I moved, his heart rate dropped so much. Um, so they were monitoring Dylan really closely. And anytime that I would move and the, his heart rate would respond. She was like, let's stay here and push for a little while. Mm -hmm. So it was like acrobatics, like honestly. And I couldn't, I didn't feel any pain, mm -hmm. but I could feel the contraction. So like I could feel the pressure and I would tell them like now, um, which again, totally different experience for me. But one of the things that I thought was like really, really empowering for me was when I was in one of those positions that was more like labor intensive and more just like strength needing. The doctor said to me, she was like, Jenna, I'm so proud of you. You are so strong. And like, that was something I needed to hear to get me like past those moments and like hearing the doctor like say and like validate like my inner strength was just like so empowering and kept me going. Matt was like putting lavender essential oils, which was something I read um, like under my nose and on my wrists. And this baby now really responds to lavender. It's mm. wild. Like I spray it in his room before he goes to sleep. Um, and just like little things like that, like he was focusing on my breathing and helping me like really power through there. And then after about 45 minutes of pushing, I was like absolutely exhausted, like hysterical. What's going to happen next? And the midwife came up to me and was like, she held my hand and she said, I've heard your story because I, I must have told her in an appointment because I, I was like, I don't remember telling her. <laughs> She's like, I've heard your story. And she was like, and you are holding on to so much trauma from your first birth. She was like, here's what I need to tell you. This may or may not be your last baby. Let's say it's not. She was like, how do you want to finish this story? She's like, I want you to let go of every ounce of trauma that you have felt from your past birth. Let it go. You are here. You made it. Let's get this baby out you can do this. And she was like, I see it in your face. Like you don't think you can do this right now. And she was like, and that is preventing him from coming out of you. And I was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I pushed for like another 15, 20 minutes. Then they threatened the vacuum, not like threatened, but she was like, listen, they brought you know, it up. we got to get him out. Here's the next option. And they called in like the peds, um, which we'll call it the peds, like, crash team. I don't know, like mm -hmm. the specialist, like just in case that freaked Matt out. Matt was like going to throw up. I could see it in his face. Mm -hmm. Um, and they like were listing off, you know, the potential side effects of using a vacuum, which I'm not going to list, mm -hmm. um, because it's totally safe and would be amazing for any person that needed it. Um, Noah was born with forceps and you know, it, I didn't get a choice there mm -hmm. here. They said, do you want to use them? And I was like, I just want him to be safe. Like that was my answer. And so Cheyenne came up to me at that point and was like, Jenna, she was like, don't listen to them. She was like, it's there if you need it. But like, I know you and I know you can do this. She was like, look at me, look me in the eyes. Like, let's have a baby. And like, listen, I know this girl from 530 in the morning classes where we say hi, we slap hands. And like, she's just a kind, like beautiful human being. Like, it's not like she knows, you know, everything about my life and 
the fact that like she knew and the midwife knew like exactly what to say in those moments Dylan was born four pushes after that. So mm. we pushed him all the way out. He went right onto my belly. We heard his cry. I have the most graphic pictures. I kept thinking of you, Sam. I'm like, Sammy has a picture holding her placenta. I have one of my placenta I love coming the out. graphic pictures. <laughs> Send me them. I love graphic birth pictures because those are real birth pictures. Oh my God. Like, those I are real like that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I definitely pooped like a million times. Oh, same. <laughs> that's like, remember I shared that on our last one. Like I, this time I like felt them wiping me like the whole time. I'm like, this is either blood or poop. Like I can't even smell like yep. it is what it is at this point. <laughs> but like the trauma and like that fear that I felt like at some points when I was pushing, they were like, Jenna, you're doing like, a kegel like you're pulling him back in like you need to let go mm-hmm. and I didn't understand what that meant and like when she said that to me and then when Cheyenne said that to me like it was just like this mental release that just left and then of course so they asked me like you need to listen to a song like what do you want to play and I was like I'm not a Swifty but I need to hear Enchanted by Taylor Swift. I love it when you texted us that I was like yes what a perfect song it was that and then he he came out to the end of that song into I Won't Back Down, which the remake by this lead singer of OAR, who's like my favorite. So now I just listen to those songs on repeat and just cry hysterically. Um, and Amazing. it is just the absolute, like, I don't know, like the epitome and like just overarching, like comeback story to some extent, right? Like it just feels like, I overcame this Everest of fear and pain and trauma and anxiety and like not sure what to to make of this. And I think my entire pregnancy, I had, I did my best to stay so calm despite all the shit that was going on like the entire time. But like I was holding on to so much fear from my last experience that I didn't ever really allow myself like looking at it to be fully present and excited. Like I wouldn't even say his name out loud. We had blankets made with his name on it. Like I knew who he was going to be, but like I didn't allow myself to, to feel that joy this time. I think because of um, all of the pain and just like internalized trauma that I held onto. And so he came out eight pounds, seven ounces. Noah was seven, five, seven, five. Noah dropped almost 12% of his body weight, which is like almost double, like what they're supposed to quote unquote. Um, and so our feeding journey was just miserable in the beginning. I didn't believe fed is best. I believed breast was best because that's what everyone told me. And I Mm -hmm. forced something that wasn't happening. And, you know, for perspective at three months of age, Noah was nine pounds because of my stress and because of all of like the pressure I was putting on myself and just coming into this experience. Like I knew that I had to do it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, so I started out with pumping and supplementing. I tried breastfeeding for like two days and my milk just didn't come in. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I did the colostrum like tubes, they were great. Mm -hmm. And then I've been pumping for him and supplementing where we need to, but like my milk has finally come in and it was, it's been so much better and he's already back to birth weight. Like it took Noah two months to get back to birth weight. (laughs) So I just think like moral of the story for me is like the things that I've taken on this time are just more patience, more grace with myself more just ability to listen to him versus try to force something that is not correct for him um and really enlisting in help that will make my life easier and purchasing the this comes with a lot of privilege to say but purchasing the hands-free breast pump was a decision that i made that i needed to do has made my life so much easier to chase around my toddler while I'm pumping. Yes. <laughs> and like to the add to it, like the toddler is my Everest at the moment. Like he is. That's he, what everyone says when you have another newborn. Oh my, it's like the baby's easy. It's the like toddler. the toddler is amazing. He's been better than I ever would have expected with the baby, mm-hmm. but he's still two and a half with the energy of a two and a half year old that doesn't understand that mommy and daddy don't have the same energy or ability to chase him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think like where my baby blues come in is like not being able to like do the fun things with him, even at like 12 days postpartum, it's like, you have so much FOMO, even though you know that like, this is the best thing for you and the baby is to set this one out. Like there will be plenty of time, but like, that's been really hard for me. Um, I did get to do like special time with Noah yesterday where we went to my cousin's house and we're just like for um, a Halloween party. But like after two hours, I'm like, my boobs hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I can't chase you. I'm still bleeding like quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I was there without Matt. So it was just like, it was me. Right. Um, but so I don't want to make everything sound like it was like everything is perfect. Like we have plenty of challenges. I have had plenty of tears. I'm standing here in puke and sweat. Um, but I will say that like if anybody had a first experience that was less than fantasy or fairy tale or what they wanted or thought it could be and are holding on to any of that before deciding family planning wise for number two, if that's part of your decision, like, please reach out to me because this experience has just so far been so different and has totally changed my life. Like, I really believe that this guy is here to teach me so much, um, including patience and calm and just have a new perspective on parenting in general, which like, you know, Matt and I were joking, but not like in the middle of the night with Noah, we used to be so angry, like, Mm -hmm. and confused. Like we didn't know any better. And now I'm like, you need me. (laughs) Like I'm so tired, but I'm here. Like, you know, it's just different. And again, it's only been 12 days. Talk to me in another week. But for in this moment, like I feel very peaceful. Are you hot? Very peaceful and very just proud, I think, is really 
what the biggest emotion that I feel, which is not what I expected. So I've been talking about my hospital bag nonstop and it's finally the episode and the time to share with you what I used from Cozy Earth in that hospital bag. I am a little bit sad that I didn't bring my pillowcase. I'm not going to lie, but I did bring my Cozy Earth joggers, which felt like absolute luxury heaven on my body after delivery and the socks. Like you forget how cold hospitals are and hospital floors and those cozy earth comfy socks are just like absolutely incredible. So those are two things that if you are packing for a labor and delivery experience, I highly recommend considering putting in your hospital bag. Well, you and I always talk about how luxury their items are at our homes, but I can only imagine being in a hospital, how it just (laughs) elevates the experience. So Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today. You can get 35% off site wide when you use the code FORK. Again, that is 35% off site wide when you use the code FORK. You are amazing. You, I hope you know that. You do know that. And it's just, first of all, thank you so much for sharing with me and with our listeners, of course. And it's a happy one to share this time. Yeah, you know? I think it's like refreshing and I appreciate you listening and just you're so present and I could see it on your face and it just, it means the world. And I just, you know, you don't hear so many like happy ones. And I think it just shows the the power of how people can impact you in those like really vulnerable moments. And like the words that the doctor and the nurses and the midwife said to me, they weren't anything like profound, but it was exactly what I needed to hear in those moments. Right. And like it changed and please, Matt was, Matt was saying all the right things too, but like, of course, you know, that was his purpose there. And like these Mm -hmm. doctors, their purpose was to keep me and the baby safe and do whatever they needed in like to do so. But the fact that they knew to say those things to me, like made every difference. I also think like, again, shout out to Mammoth Medical there, this hospital and now for perspective, Noah was delivered during like peak COVID, but the hospital that I delivered Noah in was a mother baby hospital, meaning that like the baby stays with you overnight. And they woke me up all night long to do testing and like whatever else. Um, this hospital, they take the baby to the nursery, which I wasn't sure that I was going to be okay with because, you know, Mm -hmm. I I was like, is this like me being like a bad mom, like shipping them off already? And they were like, no, like you need to rest. Like your body just went through war. Like, this is one thing that we can do for you. Like, let us take care of your baby. And she was like, and we're not going to wake you up all night. Like, I'm going to take your vitals now. If you wake up and you're in pain, you want Motrin, call me. Um, but like, I'm not going to wake you to give you medicine if you don't need it. She was like, you need sleep more than anything. And I was like, who are you? And then the lady that was going to do my lab work, she was like, I do have to come in around four o'clock. Um, like, I'm sorry. It's like just whatever, like timing, et cetera. I'm sorry. She said six. I do have to come in around six o'clock. I ended up waking up at four, like in pain and like called for Motrin. And the lab lady was like, I see that you're awake. Do you mind if I take your blood now instead of at six? Like, so I don't have to wake you you can fall back to sleep till the baby comes back at seven and I was like where am I is this a spa <laughs> like, <laughs> oh they, like gave gosh. me an Ambien they were like do you need it I said do you have any like Unison like I've been really sleeping great with Unison they're like how about Ambien <laughs> I'm like sounds great You're like, <laughs> like, whatever you got 
just give it to me. Like it was just like a the scenario of taking care of the mom was also just not something that I had experienced the first time around. So I think the connection of or like the the overarching just feeling of being that like being a priority in the experience versus like only the baby being a priority was very different for me and was so powerful. So I don't know how or if that can help anybody as far as like how they can advocate for themselves in the delivery experience for themselves, but whatever you can do to make sure that you are taken care of in the scenario too has made a huge difference in my recovery. Um, like huge. So I think I'll pass the mic over to you if you have any questions for me or anything uh, that you think I missed. I'm loving all of the baby coos. Just I like, know, do you hear them, oh like, yeah, snorting? just like little, just <laughs> barely, really but it's so to the cute. Mic. <laughs> so freaking cute. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think to feel that safety in labor and delivery, it's having people in the room with you that you can trust and that can advocate for you if you can't speak up um, because yeah. you enter like a different world when you're giving birth. Like totally out of body, right? Yeah, like you're not even there. So like obviously your partner, if you have one and or like you said, the midwives, like, you know, your nurse that you trusted and, and having those people that are trusting in the room is so important. So I don't want to shift gears too much, but you posted an Instagram the other day that I loved. And it's kind of entering that next phase into motherhood where you were talking about the things that you will not be doing. They have as, made a huge difference. Yes. And I, <laughs> like, I could feel my like newly, like I could transport back to my newly postpartum self and just like feel the anxiety of Googling everything and ordering all these things that you think you need and like comparing. And so I would love to hear anything you can share about like whether you want to speak on that post or just yeah. riff off of the second time parenting, how different it is and I, that calmness that you're feeling. There's one thing that I think is just really interesting too. And like, obviously when you post something on social media, like it's not for everyone. Right. Correct. And like, of course I got one comment from somebody who like, follows me a long time and who we have conversations with. And he was like, I totally disagree. Like the things that you're saying really helped me. And I think that's great. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that you as the parents understand what's helpful for you and what's not. And I will backtrack for two seconds and just say that I took the postpartum screen in the hospital and was honest with it this time around instead of pretending everything was okay. And the nurse who like became my bestie and the uh, maternity wing was like, I just want to warn you. Like, I know you've told me about, cause I told her my story. Um, she's like, I know you were honest with me, but you know, um, the psychiatrist is going to come in. And so it was the social worker. Cause you, you scored very high on the postpartum depression, um, risk screening, whatever it's called. And I was like, I'm totally fine with that. You know, my husband is aware, like he knows like what it was for me last time. Um, we have a plan in place for this time. Like we've talked about it. Um, um, and then she ended up meeting my parents because they came to visit um, Dylan in the hospital. And she was like, I feel really confident that like you have support, which is again, a privilege and a luxury. And I just want to put that out there that I was so depressed with Noah looking back and had so many postpartum um, side effects or however you would describe it. 
that I'm just way more hyper aware of what caused them now. Yeah. And so one of the main things was his weight and feeding him mm-hmm. um, and meticulously tracking the pumping, the bottles, the poops, the peas, when the When you vomit. said that, I wanted to like, send you screenshots of my notes. I can tell you every boob everything. and how long she fed for what minutes, what date, what hour. And I kept them thinking that that would be helpful for number two. But now I'm like, oh my God, I need to delete these. And like the color of the poop, how big it was. Like, did he push? Like, <laughs> what outfit did he ruin? Like, it was just like, I used an app that like it was color coordinated. And you told me about it. I forget what it's called, but I remember, the you, I remember texting you like, what do I need to what do? But right now I'm using it just to like remind myself like when he's eaten of course like not how much and like not what it was it's like what was it was it breast milk was it formula was it a mix did you yeah, who did cares? You pump? like that stressed me out to the nines like to the point where like i didn't have a maternal instinct at all because i was relying on this technology and one of the doctors in the hospital actually the pediatrician that checked him before we got discharged was like i just want to remind you that babies were around a lot long babies have been around a lot longer than clocks and i thought that was like a really cool sentiment too he was like so yeah you, you should feed him every two hours you know whatever blah 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 but like you know he's his own person he's like just take that with a grain of salt and i was like that's really helpful, dude. Like, thank you. This like 80 year old man. Um, so that app. And then the other one that like absolutely destroyed me was the wonder weeks app. So anytime Noah was fussy or anytime he like, wasn't perfect or like listening to what I wanted him to do, I'd be like, Oh, it's a leap. Like, oh, he's, it's developmental or like, oh, today's going to be a terrible day because it says at day 10, he's going to be fussy. And like, that would I would just like put that on the baby, right? Like I would put those emotions on him. And like, that was really just poor for me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The other thing that I think has been life altering is boundaries with people visiting. And Mm. when I want to hold, like there's a quote that says like a mother needs her newborn as much as a newborn needs their mother. And that didn't make sense to me in the beginning because I was so anxious with Noah that like I wanted to make sure my house was clean. If you saw my house right now, you'd be like, are you guys moving? Um, (laughs) Like, you know, I wanted my house to be clean and I wanted to make sure that Matt and I had dinner and like, you know, all the things. And now there's nothing. And like, this is me, like control freak to the extremes. Like there's nothing that I, I will prioritize over holding him like when I want to hold him or when he needs me to hold him. And I think that mindset has just, even when my parents come to visit, I'm like, you guys can play with Noah. Like, right. And like, 
Yeah. And like, that's super helpful for you me. You guys can do the dishes. Yeah. You guys can unload the dishes. Exactly. Like can make a bottle or like, if I want you to feed him like great. Um, but like, it's not, I don't need somebody this time around to hold him. Like I need somebody to help mm-hmm. me help myself. And I think that that is super, super different from what I have experienced in the past. And it's also like, Hey, someone still needs to get Noah to school, right? Someone still needs to get him like his routine. And if that's going to be me, then yes, I would really love the help with you holding the baby or feeding the baby or whatever else, but like, or like pick him up take him like those types of things are so incredible come walk my dog right like this poor mm-hmm. dog um like come on over and like my cousin came over the other day and I was like do you mind walking Quincy she's like I knew you're gonna ask and I was like thank you so much and like did it and he pooped and he was happy and like that's so helpful right and like those little things are just like more important than you know, coming over and telling me how cute he is. Like he is so cute. And I can't wait for everybody to come and do that. But like right now, in order for me to take care of the rest of my family too, like we have to take care of each other to some extent. And like, that's just something I didn't understand. Right. Mm, so I love that's that. a really big one. And then again, the feeding, not putting pressure on how he gets fed. I think it, it's just been, Matt looked at me this morning when I like hand pumped at like seven and um, like with one of those like Medela ones, they're amazing. Oh it's yeah. Like $7. It's like the best $7 I've ever spent. Yeah. Uh, I just keep it upstairs and keep cleaning it. Elise Myers said to buy those like um, sanitizing bags, the Medela bags, bought those great, yep. you know, so I yep, use sanitize those, and bring those. them back upstairs um, in the microwave. But anyways, he like looked at me and I showed him like how much I got out from just like that. And he was like, I hope you're really proud of yourself. Like you powered through. Cause my milk didn't come in until day six, six. That's a that's long, a long time. time. Yeah. And I was like, he's just going to be on formula and that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't give up. And he was like, I'm, I hope you're really proud of yourself. Like you didn't give up and like, look what's happening. And I was like, I know. <laughs> like don't make me cry it's only 7 30 thank you the happy tears it is crazy how quickly you can cry postpartum. oh my god like or maybe it's like you're you're crying more times than not uh, like like everything. i was walking quincy two days ago just bawling around the neighborhood with the baby strapped to me i was like people probably think i'm having a nervous breakdown <laughs> like but would you say true or false this time around the tears of course, there's going to be, like we said, hard times and we don't want to make this like... I don't want to glorify facade. any piece yeah. of postpartum. Yes. But do you feel like you've had a lot of happy tears this time around? I was just staring at him like before we were... And I took that picture this morning and just like, I really think he saved my life. And I think that like, here they come. Like, I really think that the pregnancy and like everything that I went through in pregnancy, like he survived and like he is like my little angel and like now I just stare at him and I'm like everything's gonna be okay like I just I really believe that this time and I really didn't believe that the first time around and so like I do feel like they're happy tears and they're just so grateful tears especially with everything going on in the world right now like I don't take it lightly that I have a baby who's safe um 
And, you know, I, yes, like I think they're happy tears and they're full of gratitude and it's, I'm not taking anything for granted. Um, and also just like, again, like taking the help wherever it is. Like I stupidly thought, and I'm going to, I'll go broke before I'll let myself slip into the dark place that I was in last time. But like Mm -hmm. our incredible nanny, Hannah, I thought I was going to give her like a month off. So like we could all bond with the baby, but having Noah keep to his routine, like they go munchkin Monday, every Monday morning to Dunkin' Donuts, like (laughs) and wherever else they went today, like having spending that money with to keep his routine and then him to school and all of the things is invaluable um we met a wonderful nurse in the hospital who also happened to be a night nurse and i've hired her for once a week she comes tonight i can't freaking wait um just to like know once a week you're gonna get eight hours of sleep or more is like financially something that i am excited to pay for and it comes with a lot of privilege and I fully recognize that and if you know that is something that a future mom could hear and there is availability to do so like I think looking into that you know it can really preventing true delirium exhaustion can really help with postpartum depression um and that exhaustion is going to come in so many different ways and phases and waves. Um, But if this is one thing that I can do to just like give myself something to look forward to each week, you know, it it has been worth it for me. It's she's come once so far. Her second time (laughs) is tonight. Um, But that has been like a true gift. And, you know, again, like the help whatever's offered like my dad offers to take Noah out for special breakfast like midweek and like that's so helpful like I'm not gonna say no if he offers it right or if I need it I'm gonna ask and like that's not something I was comfortable with last time even with my parents like I didn't want to put anybody out and now I really understand the sentiment that motherhood is not meant to be done alone and for anyone who is doing it alone and you want to talk like I'm my my messages are open because I think that there are also resources that I'm now more aware of like the peri there's a perinatal um, postpartum center like very close to us that I didn't know about that they told me about in the hospital when I um, scored high on my test <laughs> and you know I didn't know about that last time nobody told me about that and it's free. And if I feel like I need it, like you better believe I'm driving myself there and bringing the baby with me and talking to people. Um, and I think that just like knowing places like that exist is huge. And I also have like three other mom friends who just had a baby also that, you know, anytime I get texts at all hours of the day and night yep. and we can all relate to each other. And, you know, right now I feel like we're in like a really good bubble And I'm sure that's going to change. And when it does, like, I'm going to need the ones that are 10 days ahead of me to tell me it's going to be okay again. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think just like knowing those things this time around, instead of like holding on to any shame or guilt or fear or anxiety is just, it's just really refreshing um, Mm -hmm. and different and still really hard. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many words of wisdom you shared there. And it's a little hand. I just... I can't. I've been staring at it the whole time. Um, 
Thank you. I just can't <laughs> say dad. thank you enough for sharing everything with us. And it's like, I feel like you get these happy like glimmers with Dylan. And like you said, he's your angel. And it's, it's like healing your trauma from the first time. It's healing your trauma from the first time, like reliving these moments that maybe were stolen from you because of the postpartum anxiety or depression and, and anger. And then, and then that can make you emotional in and of itself oh because it's and like, I keep looking at it, Noah and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And it's like, there's another saying that's like your first baby grows up with you. And I, like, I mm-hmm. didn't understand what that meant, but like now I do. Right. Like, it's like, he taught me so much uh, and he also made me a mom and the second baby will never have, like we've talked about before, we'll never have that one-on-one time for two and a half years with just me and Matt. But he's also going to have the benefit of like, even the doctor said to us, she was like, you know, we went in when we did his, like the weight check and like when he got back up to his birth weight and I was like, totally different baby, huh, Dr. Carrie? And she was like, "Um, totally different parents, Matt and Jenna. And I was like, so true right and like huge moment there like we were just disasters we didn't know what to expect um and even if we read all the books that i didn't read (laughs) you know you know i don't think anything really prepares you for what it's like to like hear a baby cry and not know how to help them you know oh my god that that is so right like like i remember hearing her cry i mean like what like, <laughs> like what babies cry this <laughs> like, much what do you oh my god and yes. like they also pick up on your energy right and like i was so nervous with everything with noah that of course he was crying all the time right same here <laughs> like, with sierra i think that's like the firstborn thing right and the now you've said to me how calm dylan is and like look at your energy right. and he's matching that because he's just going with the flow just like you and are. he's even like vibing off of like noah's calm around him noah's not calm he's not a calm kid but like <laughs> around him he'll like boop him and like you know touch his head a little too hard but like in like a, a sweet way and like i think he's also matching that same vibe and energy of like you know i don't yeah, like this is, I'm okay with this. Like this is my life. Um, And it's just, it's very special. And I think that, again, I don't want anybody who is not having a great experience to compare. That's the absolute worst Mm -hmm. thing that you can do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I do hope that if anybody takes anything away from this, it's, you can, you can change. No, let me take that back. You can find solutions to whatever it is that you are feeling, whether it's therapy, some outside fresh air, changing your perspective, you know, reaching out to the people that are available to help you. So I have a friend right now whose kid is very colicky. And, you know, yesterday when we were talking, we were going over all of the things that could potentially help this baby. And she, I have to see a text from her right now. She went to a chiropractor this morning and it was really helpful, it says. So like there are things and people and places out there that will welcome, you know, 
you and whatever struggles that you're experiencing. And it's, I think more so about knowing where to look or who to ask and how to find that support. Even if you don't have a quote unquote village, right? Um, there are people out there, professionals who this is their job is to support new moms and new parents and help with communication so that you can heal because it's so important. Mm. So well said. I don't even want to add anything. <laughs> VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I just can't wait to share this episode and for so many people to hear it, whether it's pregnant women who need a positive birth story to give them hope and or people like yourself who went through something traumatic and are ready for their second, you know, to be a different story. Um, so it's a story of hope and pride and Excitement. I'm just so grateful remember, that you shared it 97th with us. 97th percentile for head. Okay. Do you see how big his head is? If I could do it guys, anyone can. <laughs> and I only ripped I to it. a level two this time. No, it was a level three and his head was tiny. So <laughs> like, he was kinder to me from go, but, but again, like it's, I didn't have that in me until somebody like ripped it from me. Right. Like she just mm -hmm. like Dr. Shira or Shira, the midwife, like gave me permission to, to be excited for this baby. And I think that that was something that I really needed. And she barely knew me and to be able to pull that out of me. So I guess maybe one of the messages is to trust the people that are taking care of you, right? Like they have your best interest in mind. And if they don't find another, eh, demand another person come into the room because that is what you need yes. to bring a baby into the world is that calm energy and that just like permission and all of those things. Like it really did make a difference. So I think I just babbled for like almost an hour. I which is exactly I what appreciate wanted. not only you listening and being just so kind, but all of our listeners. And like I said, my DMs are open. Um, I am not working, but I'm still on my phone <laughs> um, because it is we're doing a lot of resting these days, and it's nice um, while Noah's in school or being played with, and it's it's really nice. And like you know me, I didn't rest last time. Um, and I look at videos from my postpartum like last time and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> and like now I, it's just, it's just different. Like doing one thing every day for myself, whether it's deodorant or a shower or making a smoothie. I made a smoothie this morning and it, like, that's enough. Right. And like, that's something that you never would have heard me say in the past, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> 
Yes. That makes me so happy to hear that you're resting um, and taking time for you. So, and if anyone has questions about what to pack in their labor and delivery bag, we can do another episode on that um, because I think I crushed it this time and shout out to the sponsors of of our pod. This is a free shout out to Blissey and Cozy Earth and Lumi. I was going to say all all three, the trifecta. And Dime Beauty, who has sponsored us in the past. They were all inside my bag um, and I used all of them. (laughs) Like the eye mask. That is amazing. Amazing. I love that. Um, Like amazing. I slept. The nurse came in and she like pulled it off my face. She's like, are you alive? She's like, baby's back. I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. I love you. (laughs) We love you and love you, baby Dylan. Welcome to the family. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for more fun. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.